podcast where I, Sue Ann Matthews, go to meet artists and creative people at their studios or places where they work. This time I met up with an artist called Phil Cheetah. He's also known as Fine Art Phil on his social media accounts. He has a studio with Elysium Gallery in Swansea. I really enjoy his work, it's very interesting. It seems very heavily influenced by graphic design, but he has worked with a number of different materials and mediums. He's currently developing his installation work. Themes of his work include health and safety and industrial architecture. And I went to meet him at his rather industrial style studio one cold January morning. Hi, um, I'm Phil Cheetah, also known as Fine Art Phil. Um, I have a studio down here in College Street in Barron's Nightclub. <laughs> it's part of Elysium Gallery and I've been here for the last five years. I'm here with you today and we're underground. So where we are now, there's no natural lighting. Um, does that have any kind of effect on your work? Yeah, I actually prefer being down here to any other studio that I've been in. I think it's because the nature of the environment is quite similar to my work. So it's quite industrial and it's kind of a bit like a Cold War bunker in a way. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of shut off from the world, but I quite enjoy that. There's less distraction when I'm down here now. Mm. I think if I come down here for a whole day, I can kind of, you know, turn everything off and forget what time it is and just get on with work. Mm. And then I just kind of deal with, you know, what's going on outside when I leave. Yeah. So yeah, I can just forget everything else and shut it out. Yeah, I suppose there's no sense of time when you're down here, no light to tell you what the time is or yeah exactly yeah. I think it's quite strange as well because even in the summertime when it stays later in the evening there's always a sense that whenever I leave this building it's going to be dark outside mm. and I'm not sure why I mean sometimes I'm only down here for like an hour or two during the day and I know it's midday and it's going to be light when I leave but it always feels like it's meant to be dark when I leave this place and it's, it's quite a strange experience when you go out when it's blinding light and everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so you were saying there's not many distractions down here. Do you share this space at all with other humans? Uh, well, yeah, uh, this studio is my own and obviously it's kind of, it's got a door in it as well. So if I'm ever, you know, in the depths of work, I can shut myself off a little bit and just get on with it. But there are 11 other studios down here, which are all kind of habited at the moment. They've all got people in them, but it's one of those strange scenarios where, even though all of the people in the studios are artists, they all come down at different times. Mm. So some people I see on a daily basis and some people I see in passing and other people I hardly see at all. And then maybe once in a while there'll be an opening down here, so I'll bump into them. But yeah, it's all a bit hit and miss, really. You just... There's a there's a bit of an etiquette down here as well, which is nice. It's, if someone's in the studio and the door's open, it means you can come in and say hello and have a bit of a chat. But if you can see someone's light is on, but the door's shut, you're kind of like, oh, they're getting on with work, so mm. I'll just leave them to it. <laughs> so it's like an unspoken rule, so yeah. it's quite nice. that's good. Is there any, ever any collaborations between you guys at all? 
Well, I think, obviously, Jonathan Powell, who is one of the directors of Elysium, he's always very keen in getting the studio sort of tenants involved in shows, and he's, you know, really big on creating shows for people to get involved with. But I think there's quite a variation of styles down here, and I know that like myself and Rich, who's across the way from me, we kind of share similar interests in mm. kind of music and other things like that, but our art is completely different. So it's kind of, I've never really done a, mm. well, actually, no, saying that, I have done a collaboration <laughs> with um, Steph Mastoris, who's across the way. He runs the Waterfront Museum. Oh, yeah. So we did a collaborative show as part of Now the Hero last mm. year. So we did like a joint installation in Volcano Theatre. He does a lot of large letterpress printing and he's got a letterpress print in his studio. So he did a lot of the the kind of the wording for the show and he created like large posters for it. And then I did the kind of sculptural and sort of lighting elements for it. So yeah, oh, I have nice. worked with someone. Yeah. Who actually done it, yeah. yeah. Do you think you'll be interested in doing more of that or do you find you prefer working for yourself or by yourself? I like doing group shows. I think collaborations are a good idea but it takes quite a long time to get traction when it comes to obviously two people bouncing ideas Mm. off of one another. I think it's one of those things some people have similar interests and styles and it clicks straight away and it's kind of like oh yeah we know what we're doing it's going to be great. But then sometimes there's a lot more talking involved before work actually happens. But yeah, I wouldn't say no to it. Mm. I think it's just, uh, obviously, it's when it's the right time yeah. and the right person, really. Mm-hmm. So um, I just thought maybe you could um, describe a little bit more about the studio itself that you work in. Um, do you know what sort of the size of the this room is Ooh, good or... question actually um in metric or imperial uh, <laughs> i think in feet how, how many cats can you fit probably like yeah. a couple of rspcas in here probably. <laughs> like it's quite a big space i think it's about well that's a four foot board so it's four eight twelve so it's 16 probably about 16 foot square mm. and it's about eight about 12 foot high as well it's quite mm. a big space considering mm. it's underground it's, yeah. it's got really high ceilings so it's not you know like a crawl space or anything it's, yeah. it's a proper room yeah but um yeah it's all pretty much concrete obviously and there's like nice industrial touches from the extraction fans and yeah. you know nice concrete floors and it's all very industrial which is obviously my style of work anyway so mm. it's quite fitting environment for what i do mm. And it, you, so you feel you've got plenty of room in here to do most of what you need? Oh, yeah, I think as well, the, the space has changed quite a lot in the five years I've been down here. Mm. Before, it was one big open space. And now I have sort of a partition halfway across the space, partly because everything was spilling over before. So half of the space is now storage for materials and it's kind of a desk space. So it's very much, you know, the work inside of it. Mm. And then the other half is more of like a showing space so I can see how things look when they're done. So it's where I can put things up and stand back and then maybe alter them a little bit. So it's very much one half is a little bit messier and the other half is kind of for showing. So, yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, and when you're in the middle of all your work, because things look pretty orderly right now, 
when you're actually working on pieces, do you get in a bit of a mess or do you still need to keep order on your things? Yeah, I, I think for the people that know me, they, they know I'm very fussy when it comes to being tidy, kind of OCD kind of <laughs> level of tidy. So I think when I'm working, if I'm down here for obviously days on end, yeah, you know, there's a bit of creative mess, but at the same time, I'm still very aware when I'm working of how much mess I'm making. But yeah. I always tend to have, you know, a bit of a clean up once a week and put things back where, where mm. I know they should be, yeah. and, you know, sort through materials and make sure I've got everything where I can find it. Because mm. I don't think I'd, I'd be able to cope if it was chaos down here, would you? drive me mad yeah so yeah I, I do prefer to have everything like in a particular place mm-hmm. so you always know where everything is you're, you're one of those kind of people oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i think you know like some things go missing yeah like, they always do you kind of put something down in a corner and then you come back later on you're like where's it gone it's, it's gone mm. missing and then you're like oh wait no I, I know where i put it mm. but because it's my studio and obviously i don't share it it's i yeah most of the time mm. i know where everything is do you have a methodical approach to your work itself when you're doing it sort of I think once I get working on something and I have a good idea of how I want it to look I yeah it's a very kind of methodical process but at the same time it's it's not set in stone so especially with the large drawings that I do made of vinyl I have an idea of composition and maybe a color scheme but it it literally builds every time I look at it and I add more to it and obviously like the drawing itself changes and things yeah kind of overlap and layer up and it's it's kind of um I guess like a slightly meditative state mm. like everyone always says like oh you must have so much patience doing this but I'm not aware of what I'm doing mm. when I'm doing it because it just kind of it's the way I work so I do switch off and I relax when I work but at the same time I'm not kind of you know chanting or (laughs) you know I don't have incense burning or anything I just kind of it's just how I work I just get on with Mm. it so yeah you get in the zone yeah exactly yeah (laughs) but it's like I don't think of it as having a lot of patience it's how I work I I don't know how some people work yeah you know like splashing and creating lots of mess but you know that's how they work so yeah I understand that's their process so yeah Mm -hmm. um do you set yourself certain days hours certain times to come down to the studio to do your work or do you just fit it in around other aspects of your life or I think if I have uh, like a show or a deadline or if I see something that I want to enter like a competition I make sure I spend extra time finishing work and photographing it and getting it done but yeah I try and spend you know a couple of full days down here but even then you know an hour or two can be beneficial because you can come down and just sit and look at something and get an idea of how you want it to progress Mm. I think I'd like to spend more time down here but then obviously you know being an artist isn't always paid that well so you have to (laughs) do other jobs to to earn money and then this is kind of the main focus when I'm down here and I shut everything else off so Mm. so what kind of work as an artist do you pick up the most do you get sort of people wanting to buy your work or how do you make money as off your work I think a lot of the a lot of the times I've made money is through either public art so I've been commissioned to make something or it's kind of 
I've had a couple of arts council research and development grants. So as my work progresses and I think, oh, I want to start working with this material and things like that, then I kind of apply for, for money. But a lot of it comes out of my own pocket from working, you know, a full-time job. Uh, a lot of materials as well. Obviously, as my work develops, I find cheaper ways of working or, you know, like cheaper ways of researching materials. Mm. So, you know, I'm not there spending hundreds of pounds on rubbish and always kind of researching stuff before I buy it to make sure it's, you know, Mm -hmm. the right materials. Oddly enough, I never really sell any work. I think mainly because of the scale of some of it is is too big (laughs) or the materials themselves aren't very house friendly there's a lot of metal and wood and it's kind of it's quite cold industrial Mm -hmm. materials so I'm not making you know flowery Mm. landscapes or things that people would essentially have in their house so I don't really actually I can't remember the last time I sold anything I think I, I make work for show and obviously I make work for you know pleasure as well because it's yeah. you know a nice way of getting my brain out onto mm. a surface <laughs> but yeah I can't remember the last time someone said oh I really like that painting of yours can I buy it yeah it's not really commercial art in any sense of the word yeah. it's it's more contemporary I guess I would have that in my house but <laughs> that's the thing yeah, it's yeah. Like, if you say that to someone else they'd be like oh no I can't have that in my living room <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah it's very hit and miss yeah. but yeah sort of, I do workshops a few years running now I've done workshops for Mission Gallery mm. as part of their um, school like out of school programme um, which I can't pronounce because I can't speak well. <laughs> so I, I'd rather not try and say it than say it and make oh. a complete hash of it so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I kind of I get paid to do workshops for them yeah. working with different age groups I noticed there is a bit of Welsh um, language on some of your works is that because of the commission that sort of, aspect but at the same time it's it's always nice to see how words translate into another language and I think with my installation work as well is obviously like the, the main kind of stream of work that I'd like to progress with is, is there's now an introduction of more text. And there was a show last year as part of Nova and the first installation only had the words in English and it was like a Welsh kind of arts prize. And after the first opening, it was kind of like, oh yeah, there isn't any Welsh in this, it's all mm-hmm. in English. So then there were two other venues for the show, so I had to redo the installation two more times. Mm. So for the other two shows, I got the words translated into Welsh as well, so it was kind of a bit more bilingual. But um, I think, yeah, obviously being in Wales, it makes sense to have things in both English and Welsh, and I guess it's a way of learning as well. But Um, again, though, you know, most of my work is very just pictorial. mm. It doesn't really need text in it but it's a nice element of installation work that is kind of coming through a little bit more now Mm. so i follow you on um, instagram yeah and i've seen you done a lot of signs um for cafes and things like that is that right yeah so that's kind of like another tangent of my work i guess um i've always been a fan of sign writing like traditional sign writing because obviously it's another skill in itself Mm. takes a lot of practice and effort 
but it's quite similar to my normal work because it's very methodical and everything's measured and drawn out and then it's all kind of like done by hand so it's something I've always enjoyed Mm. and it's even though I don't make you know a living off of it you get kind of opportunities now and again to do either murals or sign writing for for places Mm. so it's it's another nice way of kind of refining my skills I guess okay you seem to have a few different mediums that you work in um could you explain a bit about that and then maybe say what you prefer doing yeah I think when I was in uni it was obviously very much a case of finding a theme to my work and it was a case of getting the ideas out so a lot of it was on paper and it was kind of a way of not expressing but um kind of visualizing the work and then over time as I've kind of come across new materials and I've been experimenting more and more there's this um thing about relational aesthetics so the nature of the materials that you work with reflect the style of the work so they both go hand in hand and I think as the work has become more architectural and more industrial working on paper and painting on canvas just didn't really fit the feel of it it was too kind of too soft around the edges so now I'm working more with kind of sheet metal and vinyl and working on large kind of tarpaulins and yeah kind of very industrial almost building site materials that reflect the work a bit a little bit better anyway and that also reflects in my installation work. So I'm kind of experimenting with casting things in concrete and having kind of odd shapes that look like they have a function, but actually they're just kind of an object. And it's very much like, uh, yeah, industrial. I think, yeah, industrial is the, the theme of the work mm. more than anything else. But then it's like architecture and perspective and all of the rest of it as well. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. So the materials um, sort of fit in with the theme of the work, I guess. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, the materials are kind of the most important thing because you can have an idea and you can keep it in your head for years if it's like a good one. But it's making sure that when you put it down onto a surface, it's represented correctly and it it used kind of is how you want it to look and how you want it to feel Mm. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely working with, you know, metal and enamel Mm. paints and vinyl and stuff seems to be the way forward at the moment Mm. it fits the theme of the work yeah do you have a plan for your um theme and your work do you intend on doing it for a certain amount of time or are you just going with how long you enjoying it for or i think this is not like a set theme obviously but this is one that has a lot of room for growth and development in it now because when I was in uni, it was looking at health and safety, which is very much about how people are directed around a space and how they're told to navigate a space. And that was my main focus then, because it was something that was coming into uni a lot more and there was a lot more kind of restrictions about how people could work. But then as soon as I left uni and sort of came to work with Elysium Gallery, I was thinking, well, you know, health and safety is kind of like a done subject now and it's kind of, it got it got a little bit boring, I guess. Mm. So then I started looking at the spaces that health and safety is used in and then that obviously feeds into my installation work because it's, you take a space and you adapt a whole space. Mm. 
but now it's yeah more looking at buildings in general and I find a lot of interest in like really mundane boring things Mm -hmm. about buildings so instead of you know like beautiful architecture I really like the big kind of industrial corrugated sheds you know like the Amazon building or you kind of get these random industrial parks with these huge kind of corrugated facades Mm. and you don't know what's in them but they're all different colours and they're all different shapes and when you get all of these different angles overlapping each other and they create like a visual effect in themselves Mm. and then like a really sort of like the thing about you know there might be a doorway but there's no handle on it so there's kind of an interest of where where does it go and Mm. how important is it and Mm. things like grates on walls and ventilation and kind of yeah just random industrial Mm. stuff that I guess most most other people walk past and they don't see it at all but I find it quite interesting. (laughs) Because that sort of relates a little bit to something you mentioned to me earlier on today. Um, The signs that we see everywhere and how we see them so often that we just don't really take that much notice of them. And I think that a lot of people feel that way about certain buildings because you, they're quite plain on first sight or you just think oh that's just an old shed or whatever or that's just a big old industrial warehouse whatever so you kind of block it out a bit and just don't like look for anything in it but if you do start looking you find some really nice aspects yeah I think there's like nice visual effects you get so especially with the big kind of corrugated warehouses as you pass them or if you stand at a certain angle all the lines become like the same thickness which gives like a nice illusion so when the lines are kind of equidistant apart and they're both the same thickness they kind of vibrate off of one another it's like a nice illusion Mm. but obviously that wasn't intended when it was built but if you stand at certain angles it does have that visual effect so it's Mm. it's something again that's very boring but then it has quite an interesting effect on your eyes mm. so yeah it's uh i say yeah, I, I could spend hours kind of just traveling around huge industrial warehouses just kind of looking at all the little bits and bobs like you say that go unnoticed mm. and then they sort of influence the way you work or things about y- your actual designs i'd, I'd rather kind of take a snapshot in my head rather than take an actual picture mm. A lot of the work is of a building or it's of several buildings, but it's not from just like one perspective. So if you take a picture, that's obviously just one snapshot. Whereas I prefer to kind of walk around and kind of remember aspects and then put all of those together in one piece of work. So Mm. then it's multiple, multiple views of one building and multiple angles. And then obviously the color changes a bit more and yeah, it becomes like a more concise version of one building because it's lots of different bits all kind of amalgamated together. Yeah, but that's as well, that's just the way you've seen it rather than the way a camera would have picked it up. Yeah, and I guess, you know, that's that's what art is. It's yeah. how different people see the world and how they interpret the world around them as well. So mm. it's, it's just my way of 
yeah, you know, seeing something else and remembering it. And obviously my memory doesn't remember it exactly, but it's my version of that. And then that's interpreted again onto a surface (laughs) and that might not be exact again, but Mm. it's still kind of, it's still, yeah, a visual representation of what I've seen. So Mm. just less accurate. (laughs) But it doesn't need to be, does it? No, (laughs) You're based in Swansea now. But I can tell by your accent, you're not from Swansea. Can you explain how you ended up stuck here? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm originally from Bournemouth, despite my accent being quite West Country. (laughs) I am actually from Bournemouth. Um, I moved here in 2008 to do the fine art course at what was Swansea Met Uni then. Uh, And then I graduated in 2011 and... Off the back of graduating, Elysium Gallery gave me my first solo show. So they they used to do a, a programme called Exposure, where they go around degree shows in Wales, so like Swansea and Cardiff and other places, and they'd pick one or two people from each degree show that they'd like to showcase and kind of give their first opportunity to. So Elysium gave me my first solo show in 2011, and because of that, I then got a studio with them and kind of moved into Craddock Street where they used to be. And then when College Street Barons Nightclub came up, I helped basically build the, the spaces mm. down here. And so I was down here for like a few months with John Powell and other people kind of literally building the studios and mm. then moved into one stayed there for a year or so. Then the one I'm in now came up. So I moved across and it's obviously bigger and yeah, I've just I've been here ever since. So it's kind of uh, it's one of those things. Like I, I think we said before. Like I don't find Swansea boring. I know it's referred to as the graveyard of ambition, <laughs> but it's such an odd, interesting place. Like you see so many random things like every single day, and some days you think, oh, I've seen everything now, and then <laughs> something else pops up, and you're like, bloody hell, I didn't realise that that happened or that kind of thing existed <laughs> so um yeah it's, it's still exciting for me and obviously I've got like a sound base here now um, I've been with Elysium for eight mm. or so years so yeah I'm, I'm kind of quite settled here mm. and because a lot of my work is easy to take off a wall or if it's installation based I can travel to anywhere and put a show together but this is obviously where I've uh, I've set up now, so mm. yeah, so I'm staying. <laughs> yeah, so you must feel like I mean you've built stuff up here and you've been part of making the scene as it is right now, I suppose, haven't you? So yeah, because have... I think um, I mean I'm a voluntary director with Elysium Gallery now as well, so it's kind of progressed nicely. I've gone from obviously just being a studio tenant. And then working for the gallery a little bit, and now I'm like on the on the board of directors as well. So it's kind of nice to see how Elysium is progressing as like a studio environment, and also as a gallery and a business and everything. And it's kind of expanding a lot more. And I think as well as College Street, you know, helping to build the spaces in Orchard Street as well, and seeing them fill up with people and it's always busy and it's always full Mm. so it's there's obviously there is an environment in Swansea for artists and it's always busy so it you know it makes sense to help that progress and to work with it and you know stick with it really 
So I might ask you now about um, what art you like and things. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that if you like. So when I was in uni, obviously throughout the three years, I researched some artists a little bit and kind of looked into different styles and sort of, you know, things that is required of you as a student. You have to do research. And then I think when I was doing my dissertation, I realised that my work is more leaning towards graphic design rather than strictly fine art. So there's a few artists which I still follow or use as reference. So Solar Wit, who is my favourite artist, but even then I say favourite artist, I don't like following religiously or anything. (laughs) Uh, There's a Scottish artist called Jim Lambie who works a lot with vinyl. And again, it's very colourful and kind of not pop art, but the colours are very kind of bright. Um, And I think the only other one that I researched in detail was an artist called Edward Wadsworth, who who created Dazzle Camouflage for, oh. for ships. So that's where the scale of my work kind of came from. And obviously the thing about illusion in art. But apart from those three, I think maybe the only other kind of artist I've been looking at recently is Liam Gillick, who creates really nice installations, which again, they use text and they use objects in kind of a formation. And there's a lot of layering with messages in there. Uh, but apart from that, my work is more leaning towards graphic design. And again, before I moved to Swansea, I did a year of graphic design at Bournemouth Uni. And during the course, it was just painfully dull. Like everything was on computer and I felt like I was losing touch with actually making work. So I did a year of graphic design at Bournemouth and left. Did three years of random jobs and, you know, just working for a while. And then I got sick of that. So then that's when I came to Swansea in 2008. But then even when, even in my first year, I I just felt like my work was still quite graphic and it wasn't, you know, splashy and kind of all over the place. There was always a certain amount of order to it and the sort of a certain amount of, you know, thought put into it. So I think it's like as times developed and... I still use a lot of graphic design sort of in my work. It makes sense to kind of keep it going, really. So you just said um, you weren't too keen on doing it on a computer screen, but you like using your hands. And even though you're not particularly messy, there's something about using the materials and actually touching it and making it and yeah, I think it's one of those things. I, I like work that looks like it's been made by a machine, but it's actually been handmade. So a lot of the large drawings I make using vinyl, every single piece is cut by hand and measured and hand laid, and it's it's all done by myself. But it has the illusion that it's been done by a computer, like it's either a big print or it's something that's been cut on a machine and then sort of you know laid onto a surface when actually it's all been done by myself. So there's that nice kind of balance between yeah machine made and handmade Mm. so yeah I quite like that do you enjoy going around galleries and things like that I mean I can't remember the last time I actually went to see an exhibition I don't know if that's a bad thing or not being an artist like now and again I might see you know like say either a favorite artist of mine or I might see a show that kind of springs my interest a little bit but 
I don't, I don't know, I don't make a habit of going to see, you know, hundreds of shows every year. I don't know, again, I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. It's just how I work. I think, like I say, I'm not overly influenced by artists anyway. I'm more Mm. towards graphic design and sort of things that aren't necessarily suitable for a gallery. I don't know, really. I think if I do go and see a show, I'm looking at the work, but I'm also looking at the building that it's in as well. So it's (laughs) maybe the the space it's in is more important than the work Mm. itself. It's it's about all the all the little things, like I say, that kind of go unnoticed, mm. and how they're integrated into the building to make it kind of seem seamless. But they're all they're all you know part of the building, and they do have an interest for me anyway. Yeah, even if... some things are just purely functional. Yeah. Yet, when you look at them, they might be aesthetically pleasing to you or yeah like say either through materials or purely how they look and sometimes yeah the the buildings are more interesting than the work (laughs) yeah let me just have a little look i got that off your um website what is semiotics so so yeah semiotics has a lot to do with graphic design and it has a lot to do with obviously signs that we see everywhere it's how you read a sign and how we can make something recognisable for kind of any language. So, you know, you get like exit signs with the little people on, they're kind of recognisable to anyone. Mm. It's kind of a way of yeah making things um, easy to understand in any language. Using signs and symbols in a space and then it's up to people how they interpret them. Mm. And has that been something you've explored in your work at some point and yeah I think when I was in uni and I was looking at health and safety obviously these signs started popping up everywhere you know you get kind of the push door signs and I used to go around and take them off and then measure them go through kind of like a a program where I retype a different message but it would look exactly the same as the one that used to be there so it would be kind of like a, I don't know, like a slightly satirical spin on what the sign used to say and then used to print it off, stick it over the old one and then put it back on the door and not say anything. Mm. And like pretty much all of the time, no one noticed any change. No one really said like, oh yeah, that says something else. So it kind of proved my point that health and safety was, wasn't really doing much. It was mm. there to kind of try and create another system of like control in a space but at the end of the day people just ended up ignoring it so (laughs) kind of failed a little bit yeah um art itself is something anyone from any language speak any language could look at and interpret i don't know would you say your particular work has one interpretation easy for people to understand or are you interested in it being very much up to someone else to decide what it's about or I think it's it's nice obviously when people get something from your work maybe not you know with my stuff it's not going to be a deeper meaningful insight into the human condition or anything but I think because a lot of the things I use in my work are very basic it's colour and shape and perspective and form it's very kind of it's the basics of art I guess so you can read anything from it 
And I think even though it's kind of going more towards architecture now and it's looking at buildings and creating these kind of fake landscapes and stuff, you know, people can still get sort of a reaction from the colours that I use maybe or they might recognise something that I, you know, that I haven't really thought about. I might mm. create a shape or a building and they might recognise it as something that they've seen. But I don't think I'm trying to say anything you know kind of profound and mm. um, it's again it's a way of communicating how I see the world so if people get something from it it's nice but if not it's you know it's just a bold kind of colourful image at the end of the day I don't know if that's kind of underselling myself or maybe shooting myself in the foot a little bit but <laughs> no I think well me personally um, I think there's so much interest in that, in the shapes, different forms. You could just look at it for a long time and the colours definitely set a mood and a tone. <clears throat> make you feel different feelings, don't they? Make you feel like it's something happy or oppressive or... Yeah, I think you know. that's the way my installations are going now as well. Before it was very much a case of using this dazzle camouflage sort of thing to, you know, literally shock people when they walked into a space. It was used to, you know, confuse and disorientate people. And it was an environment that kind of made you feel unsafe purely through visuals alone. Whereas now I'm looking more into using lighting and sort of like maybe just one or two colors to create a mood or an atmosphere. So before it was very much the shock effect of what I was doing. But now I think it's, yeah, it's more a case of creating like an atmosphere, maybe slightly unnerving. I mean, I'm like a big, I'm a big fan of science fiction and sort of, you know, film set in space and where things kind of look like either something's gone wrong, which are about to go wrong. And it's obviously, set with the tone of the lighting and everything so it's it's something that's kind of plays on my mind when I'm creating an installation so that's like another big thing for me at the moment as well mm. so like can you explain a little bit more about the installations because I quite I'm quite into art but that's an aspect of art that I don't know much about really um I think I think, well, obviously some of my work is ready just to hang on a wall. It's it's ready to kind of just go up anywhere. But I've always been interested in installation because you transform a whole space. So it's a little bit more time consuming in a way because not only do you have to kind of work in the space and think about where things are going and it's kind of like a, a three-dimensional composition in a room so it's it's not just like one element you're having to compose a whole space mm. but I think as well because installation is quite a hard thing to do and you don't often get a lot of galleries asking for installation artists because you are taking over a whole space mm. so it's one of those things now I'm developing it so yeah I don't know maybe just like push the medium a little bit because I think you can gain so much more from an installation where you're kind of influenced again by colour and light and sort of things that are in the whole room rather than just standing in, you know, like a yes. white gallery looking at something on a wall. I think it's it's more immersive and mm. you're kind of, you're 
wrapped inside an installation you're actually inside someone's work so mm. I, I like to do more of them but it's obviously finding the opportunity to be able to do it mm. um do you ever use sort of music and things within that or i haven't yet but just before christmas i did um a, a, a kind of a collaborative piece with jason and becky who were like based in swansea uh they had a video and sound piece which was shown in like another room but it was open and I was experimenting with lights and sort of some more industrial materials and both of our work kind of goes quite nicely together so the sound from their work kind of played nicely alongside Mm. mine but I think sound is another kind of tricky element because you can create a sound you know that might set an atmosphere but then you don't want it to be too musical or you don't want it to sound like a song that someone's heard before and it's it's another tricky one it's something I I haven't really looked into yet I'm Mm. gone my focus is more about lighting at the moment yeah yeah using like lights to change the whole like atmosphere of a room so when you watch say a film like something like a razor head or something or however you say it they have a sound sound it's not music but it's like industrial like there's a tone low, isn't yeah, yeah and that like really sets a, so i imagine like say you walk into a room because you get the luxury of having a whole room to something if there was a and you wanted to set a mood you could use um sounds yeah to, i think it would have to be just like a tone yeah very subtle as well not something deafening or kind of screeching that will put you off yeah but something that you you'd notice that when you left that you weren't hearing mm. it anymore but again that's like another element that i haven't really experimented yeah. with yet so what what are your plans for the next while i mean i've entered a, a couple of competitions already this year but obviously i don't know if i'm in them yet um i've got some public artwork coming up soon but I can't really say much about it at the moment so I have got a few things coming up (laughs) and I've got plans to make more large-scale drawings but I'm going to work maybe with some more paint involved in them to create I don't know more of like an illusion of light in the background because at the moment they're very flat and they're very kind of geometric i'd like to introduce an element of kind of light into them as well but um yeah i think just kind of plodding away really just keep making stuff and yeah just getting on with it (laughs) Mm -hmm. if people want to look up your work and find out about you what's the best way for them to do that uh well there's my website which is under my kind of pseudonym name which is fineartphil.com and I'm under the same name on Instagram as well uh, I think I have Twitter but I don't really use it I just, I just link in Instagram to that um, but those are the two main yeah the two main sources mm. if people want to look more okay. at my work and if so then you'd maybe put information on there if you had any installations coming up I mean any... yeah I, I try and advertise stuff before it comes up but a big thing is obviously taking pictures of it after it's happened. Mm. So it's the documentation of it. So my website is obviously the best representation of things that I've done to date. But yeah, I think if, if things come up, I try and advertise them beforehand. 
Well, yeah, thank you very much for spending time with me today. Oh, thank you. And explaining about your work um, and all the very best. Oh, thank you. Everything made sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. Thank you.